0: I'll rip your arm off. You know what? get your ass back home. Get in the gym and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Might be called the Five Point Move. I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys in the United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings, that want to win. We
1: gotta help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder, senior editor for FivePointMove.com. Once again, once again, he's back. He's back after another, I I guess, mini hiatus. That is Dennis Hall, who has some interesting news that we'll lead with. And we have some other topics regarding the world team, Olympic qualification, and just some other stuff. This is the July 4th weekend episode, so... We're pretty much just going to freestyle this thing right out and uh, see how that goes. But uh, Dennis Hall, the one thing that has uh, affected affected your life and the lives of the people who frequent WGW is the fact that WGW is moving to Wisconsin Rapids. Wisconsin Rapids. Yeah. Uh, Let's open this up a little bit because I don't know if people outside of Wisconsin understand the lay of the land, the dynamics and why Dennis Hall would want to move his club to another location. You shed some light on yeah, his
2: development. We'll
1: do. For sure.
0: Yep. Uh um, yeah, I was approached by uh Justin Fritz. He he's on a building in Wisconsin Rapids. Uh Justin was the founder of track wrestling. Um so He came up through the Rapids program. Uh, He has two boys in my uh, wrestling club that uh, frequent my club. Um, And he saw a building open. The building is uh, pretty much double my size. It's got a full kitchen, uh, industrial kitchen area. Uh, It has like a bar area, not that we'll be using the bar, but, um, you know, that place where parents can hang out when their kids are training. got uh, uh office area and um we're gonna be putting showers in there. I'd like to host uh, weekend camps, uh, summer camps. I'm I'm just getting tired of travelling during the summers, uh going around all over the place. So it makes a ton of sense. Uh when he approached me to move my uh, wrestling school over the rapids, I'm like, Yeah, I mean as long as it makes financial sense I'll I'd love to do it, you know. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a great partnership, and I think uh, we're going to build one of the best facilities in in Wisconsin for sure. Um, The other thing is he knows I I have senior-level athletes coming in and training with me at WGW and, you know, it's something that he wants to, uh, you know, get more guys coming in and training because we'll have a better facility.
1: Is Wisconsin Rapid? You know. They used
0: to be a powerhouse. I mean, they, you know, when they started Team State, I don't even know how many years they won out, won Team State out of since like the mid 90s. They started Team State for high school. they won probably three quarters of the state championship. So, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's a dynasty. They dropped off a little bit at a few down years, but. Um, he's looking to bring it back to what it was.
1: Is Wisconsin Rapids is this like is this like a hick town? Like what's it like?
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it's uh just hard working people
1: in the rapids.
2: You know? got <laughs> yeah, dude, I middle.
1: say I, I say Hick town and like immediately like there's a, a defensive inflection in your voice.
2: No, oh. no,
0: there isn't. No, they're just good people, you know, good people, uh the They really love wrestling in that town. That is the town in the state of Wisconsin where wrestling means something. And it's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to being part of that and helping them get back. You know, I, you know, I love Stevens Point. I love some of the communities where I grew up. But you know what? Um, you know, having a place where I can call home again, where I don't have to travel is pretty appealing to me and you know if i can help him do what he wants to do uh, and, and make rapids tougher it's a win-win for both of us
1: how far is rapids from where you live now uh about 40 40
0: 45 minutes so it's not a bad drive it's about 20 minutes further than uh where my club is currently but with with the way uh, the facility is, it, I can have two full mats, so I ain't got to do four nights a week. I'll just do three nights a week, so I get one less day of travel. So that makes up the time.
1: Do you have? Are you adding a new mat?
0: Yeah, we're gonna have two full mats in in that facility. It's gonna be pretty nice when we're done with it. We're actually, uh, he's talking about putting, uh, video cameras in there so the parents can watch the practice. Cause I'm closing the practices off. Uh, they can watch it in the lounge area and, uh, we might have it where it's recorded so kids can go home and watch the practices as well. So he wants to do a top of the line. So I'm um, looking forward to working with him and, you know, seeing what we can do. I mean, I told him. I told him too. I, I'd be willing to host, uh, you know, Greco camps for USA Wrestling, and, and we talked a little bit about that, you know, and up, uh, you know, there's all different age group levels that uh, have world team
1: camps. Why not
2: do
0: one in in Wisconsin Rapids at the facility?
1: Is are you going to have? Look, I know, I know what the mats in your in your place look like now. Are you are you going to have just like regular
2: whatever? Yeah, i ain't doing or You're not
1: going to get. It like
2: doesn't a match matter. Match. You're a,
1: well, I nah. You know what? Why? I, wait a minute. Answer me a question. I I I know it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter. Does it matter what color socks you wear or what
0: shoes you wear? Hell no. You know what? You're resting on a mat. As long as you, it ain't too hard where you break your neck if you get there when you're okay. That's my attitude.
1: Okay, well, I mean, I don't know if it's true. Uh, I don't know if the shoes matter. Shoes might matter, but that's besides the point. Like, do I've you... worn a
0: six Adidas. I don't care.
1: Okay, I, that's fine. What if, when you say when you say okay, like there's a a bar, but obviously you're not going to be serving alcohol. I'm not trying to be funny, but why not
2: serve a little alcohol?
0: Like, there got
2: to go through all the processes. No,
1: get, you uh, don't.
0: You only you have to do that liquor
1: thing. license. And well, stuff. you don't know, you only have a. You only need a liquor license if you're selling it.
0: Yeah, I hear you.
1: I know. Isn't that like? I mean, I'm not. I'm not making fun, but isn't that like Wisconsin culture? A little bit like not getting freaking drunk all the time, but like, you know, don't you people? have yeah, beer a lot, that, having a beer. Yeah, yeah
2: there you
1: go. Good. Not bad. Dude, imagine if you had, like, a little fridge or even, like, a, a, a cooler, for crying out loud, with beers in there and, like, you know, dads come. Well, I mean, I, I don't mean to be, you know, chauvinistic. Fine. Moms come, whoever. And, like, you know, like, their kids are wrestling and, like, they come in, they pop one. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: keep that out. We want the kids focused and we want the parents focused on what getting mean- the kids better.
1: Oh, what? The, wait a minute! You want the parents focused on getting the kids better, yet you're closing practice so they have to watch on monitors. Yeah,
0: they, because I don't want them yelling at their kids or their kids going up to them when they get a boo-boo and and whining to them. I I want them to deal with me and be able to teach them what toughness is. I mean, I think I think it helps the kids being able to focus and not being afraid of you know what their dads are thinking. You know, and if they make a mistake, I just want kids to be open and resting hard, and that's part of the reason why I I, I think the close practices are good. I mean, I'll have at the beginning age group, I'm gonna let the parents probably sit on the side, 'cause I only have ten to fifteen kids usually in that group, and uh you know, for the first first year when they're in the beginners, they can you know, watch, but once you get to intermediate, advanced,
2: or high school, they don't need to be in the room.
1: Okay. Well, what about this? Is that... And I don't mean to... I, you know what? Screw it. Because wrestling parents have a tendency to be f- toxic. What about, <laughs> what about... I hear you. I, I don't mean to even come down hard on one group more than the other, but it's the... I don't know who's worse. The fathers who wrestled or the fathers who didn't wrestle. Like, I don't know which which group is worse. Because they both have... It's
0: tough. Because both of them have different views. You know, the fathers that wrestled want their kids to be better than them. And the fathers that didn't wrestle don't understand how hard the sport is. Oh, just grab them and throw them down. Yeah, it ain't that easy.
1: Yeah, it just it's just too... That's the one thing that's really freaking poisonous about wrestling especially at age group is that there's way too much emotional investment on the part of parents like i'll tell you who has it right in my in my estimation is the baker family from illinois you know the father's robert baker uh he's got you know there was nelson baker nelson baker doesn't compete anymore but nolan baker who was u23 World team member last year took third at the mini tournament in uh, May, and then took runner up at the U twenty three trials uh, to Peyton Omania last month. But the yeah. I've gotten to know the Bakers, and I, the dad told me something that really kind of impressed me, stuck with me, is that you know Nolan's good, he's excellent, and he's really fun to watch, and he's high scoring. But he's also like, you could tell that kid is having fun. Like he's always, he, he always has a smile on his face. He, he competes really hard. He just loves being out there. And the dad told me in Raleigh, he said, he wouldn't be here if this wasn't fun for him. He wouldn't, like he wouldn't do it. He does not, it, it, any kind of success he has basically is a byproduct of his passion and enjoyment for the sport. He goes growing up and going to tournaments and stuff like that. We would just, Make it a a family thing, and we would go and we travel to a tournament, and then no matter what happens or how good or bad it went, on the way home we would just kind of talk about anything other than wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I no. think that's healthy as hell. I really do. Like, I was impressed to hear. Oh,
0: no, for sure. No, that's good. And I think uh, you know, I it's tough. I mean, if if you're the coach of your own kids. It's very tough to not critique. And, you know, one thing I do with my own kids is I try not to critique them too much. I, you know what? When it's done, it's done, you know, and you got to get back on the horse and you got to figure out what they're doing wrong and you got to figure out how to convey it to them where they don't take it personally. You know, and it's hard for kids to separate coach or dad from coach and, you know, the people that have success are the ones that don't harp and don't, you know, don't talk about wrestling all the time. They take a break from it.
1: I, I really, yeah, I, I'm very interested in this because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I am going to, I mean, I have a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son, as, as you are very, very well. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, especially, I mean, you're different you're different. I'll get to that in a second, but like with, I'll give you an example with, with my daughter, I coached her soccer team this past fall and hi. Yeah. It was my first time. Uh, first off, it was my first time coaching soccer period because I don't have any kind of uh, credible experience in the sport of soccer, <laughs> to begin with. but it was definitely my first time coaching her. And, you know, my, uh, not to sound, but you know we're all we're a pretty tight knit group over here in Brick, New Jersey, and I, I, I you know I hang out with my daughter a lot and we do a lot of stuff together. Well, now I have her as a you know a player on a team, which is a little bit different than wrestling, since wrestling is all individualized. And she's I you know and she's you know she's six turning seven at the time, and I I take that into account pretty easily. I'm I'm not a moron. But she would come up to me in the middle of games and stuff like that. Whether she's complaining about something, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I'm this, I don't <laughs> want to. Do, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, at first, I was like, you know, you call on like your that wrestling kind of ethos. where like, hey, I don't want to hear it. You know, get back over there. You know, whatever. But then I yeah. had to like have a talk with her where I was like, look, when we're here, you know, like. You're a player. You
0: watch and you play. Watch it, teammates cheer them on. Yes, yep.
1: exactly. But then I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? We're all going to die someday. Like the fact that I'm her father supersedes the fact that I'm her coach of a freaking developmental soccer team where they don't even keep score. So like <laughs> after like week five. I tried being tough for, like, the first month, and then, like, after, like, week five, she came up to me in the middle of the game, Dad, I'm hungry, can I get a snack? I was like, yeah, you know what, go get one, we'll all all live. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you, exactly, gotta keep it fun. Well, it's just, I think that, I think it's, I mean, I'm talking about something different, you know, like, uh. I think in that situation, it's easier to be loose about it. And I wrestling kind of demands a little bit more. I think, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but wrestling demands a little bit more focus, a little more, more concentration. It's, I think it's an emotional experience for everybody. Uh, it tends to be, it tends to be anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know who needs it really. I like, uh, I just, I don't know. I, uh, I can't. I can't. Like I. I don't even know. I mean, see, that's why you're. That's why I. I have always been. Um, really kind of impressed with you because. I think. I think that the fact that you are who you are, and you've you've had this glorious, this glorious, amazing career. I think that it automatically. When you had offspring who might wrestle, it was like, look, don't, don't even worry about the bar, you know, like, it's not like you want a state title or two. And that's like somewhat easy to kind of shoot for, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you had an otherworldly successful competitive career. So it's like, Hey, listen, just do your best. And if we get there, we get there.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's. That's exactly it. I didn't want to put pressure on my kids. They had enough pressure from other people. I wanted them to know that, you know what, I just want you to go out there and experience what it is trying to achieve your goals. You know, and, and the stuff that people learn from sports, or doesn't matter what sport, but, you know, the stuff that my kids learn from wrestling
2: is going to help
0: them out in their life. And to me, that, that's the most important thing they get from the sports it isn't the win losses or or what they've done in the sport. It's it's the stuff that it teaches you, and the perseverance. You know, to me, that's that's the key, and that's what I wanted all my kids to get out from the sport. I mean, if my daughter would come up to me and say, "I want to wrestle," I say, "Okay, let's see how
2: big you can get." I and mean, you know, it, it's gonna
0: suck. It's it's a tough sport, but you know what? Let's see. Let's see if you want to do
1: it. Well, absolutely, it's the core values. Uh, when when Maureen was pregnant, when Maureen was pregnant with Molly and she we you know she was at that phase of pregnancy where it was really early and we hadn't told people yet. It was that early. Yeah. So, yeah. And I remember we're sitting down one night and she's like, you know, it, God bless her, but she says, um, you know, if it's a boy, uh, will he wrestle? And I was like, well, you know, it's 2011, so it doesn't really matter if it's a boy or girl. But let's go ahead and open up the topic. And yeah. So I, I said the only reason why I would want my kid to wrestle is exactly. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and rehash everything you just said, but it was exactly what. Yeah. You said so I. I. I was like, I was like, I don't even care about the competition. I just would want a ki- uh, any kid of mine. To go ahead and participate in wrestling practice period yep the goals could come once they're passionate and understand what they're what it is they're kind of shooting for but like just go to practice and understand what that's like you know and that teaches you a lot especially when you're young
2: yeah I mean, oh, for, for sure uh,
1: yeah absolutely good yep. for me I miss it i miss I miss. But like, I I I don't care to go back to my childhood. So many people want to rewind and go back to. I I'm glad my childhood is over. Okay, I, oh, I, I yeah I don't want to go back. But I'll say this: I miss that feeling of being young in grammar school. And it's like Monday or you know we had practice Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And I remember like the adrenaline I would have on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday going to school and being like, Oh, I can't wait till after school got practice. You know, like I miss that. That I miss.
0: Yeah, looking forward to the practice and seeing, you know, see, trying to get better. And that, that is, that's a cool thing. I mean, as far as uh, being retired and just, you know, the thing I miss the most is, is the daily grind and uh, the physical uh, part of the sport and just being able to push myself as hard as I can physically and mentally Um, there's nothing else out there in the world that that does that to you you know as far as for me um, wrestling wrestling gave me an outlet to um, figuring out you know not figuring out I'm probably not saying it right but it gave me an outlet
2: to um
0: figure out myself, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That probably doesn't sound right, but, you know, it pushed me at every level and made me better as a person.
1: Well, first off, that's quite something coming from you, obviously, because you were and are a psychopath, but uh, especially since there's so many guys who step away because they're tired of what it takes to compete. They want to still compete. They just don't want to go through
0: what it is that's
1: necessary to compete.
0: But that's the fun part to me. That's what I enjoyed. I enjoyed that daily grind. I enjoyed the push, the fatigue, the the mental exhaustion. You know, and and to me, that's what I miss most about the sport. And that's what I try and instill in these kids. I mean... You know, I've been working out with the Coons boys the last month and I'm just finally it's starting to click with them. It, it's starting to click that it's a, it's a fight out there, man. And you gotta be ready to go hard for six, six minutes or seven minutes if it's hard. And you gotta understand that guy ain't gonna give you nothing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting it. I'm looking forward to seeing how much they develop after. They leave me for four or five months and then come back over whenever the break's on. You know, I, I'm hoping it's finally clicking with those guys, and I think it is.
1: Well, I surmise that uh, very shortly we will learn that Brady Coontz will be wrestling off for the U23 spot at a... Yeah, out in Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. They're not quite... Saying that publicly as of this recording, but I think everybody under the sun knows that's the case. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's play coy with something that's obvious, as if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Um,
2: well, <laughs> why see. wouldn't you want to announce it?
1: Well, that like let, that's what I was gonna say. Like, let's just why are we play and pretend. I don't understand. Yeah. Everybody, everybody nah. knew that everything was gonna be in Fargo. They yeah. already announced Dak and Darren in Fargo. So. I mean, yeah. I know, whatever, anyway. Represent your team or club with top quality singlet, board shorts, two piece uniforms from barbarianapparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available to learn more. Stop by barbarianapparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel, style everyone notices, quality everyone respects. Moving on is the fact that we haven't recorded uh, together since the world team has taken shape obviously the whole thing about the 2019 world team every other world year it's you know hey hey how many medals you think we might get do you think we'll get medals Uh, how's this guy gonna do that guy gonna do in this kind of year nobody cares about medals as much uh nearly as much as they do qualifying and that means qualifying for the olympics in this case tokyo olympics And what is also unique about the 2019-20 Olympic years, the fact that there are 16-man brackets at this Olympics, and on top of that, there is one less uh, world last chance sort of qualifier. There's only one of those, and which means that qualifying coming out of the World Championships is as or more important than it ever was at any other time in U.S. history, at least seemingly. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's, let's backtrack a bit because there's a lot of layers to this, especially because it's it's rather convoluted in the fact that we have this qualification process and in conjunction with this qualification process is United World Wrestling's ranking series points but in this case those ranking series points don't play a role in qualification they are going to be used for rankings and presumably perhaps i would suppose and i haven't gotten a uh, confirmation on this as of yet is you know the top 4 seeds at the olympics just like the ranking series points are used for the top 4 seeds at the world championships um i'm swinging this over to you because Aside from the fact that you competed in three Olympics and also uh, were part of qualifying for, I guess, four of them, um, knowing that there's been differences throughout these quads in terms of qualifying procedures, and at certain times they've been a little bit different than others, uh, let's talk about you, the athlete, first. And that is when you are the one who. Is go, you know, you're know you being sent to whatever tournament to qualify, whether that's the Worlds or something else after. Is there a lot of pressure involved?
0: Hell yeah, there's a lot of pressure. You don't think there is.
1: I mean, in, in 2000,
0: I wrestled in the Pan Ams to qualify to weight class. Uh, I'm getting ready for the finals in the Pan Ams. I get freaking knocked out by Brandon Pulse and why we're drilling uh before the finals. I he does a hip toss on me, my arms caught, I land on my head, I get knocked out, I get a concussion, my head hurts. And I gotta go out there and wrestle uh Mon,
2: I believe it was Monzo. Monzone. Monzo.
0: Yeah. And uh I ended up beating him with ten seconds left. I I scored a point somehow. I don't remember a damn thing from that match. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of pressure to get the job done. And the other thing is, all the extra travel doesn't help you when you are got to come back and wrestle in the Olympic trials.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: it's it's tough. You know, I, I see it all the time. Guys that qualify the weight class are burnt, not burnt out. They're just worn out when when the final Olympic trials comes around. And it's not fair to the number one man. I mean, they, they need to make sure that the Pan Am's are far enough away from the Olympic trials or, you know, the guy that wins the Olympic trials maybe goes to the Pan Am's. I don't know when the Pan Am's are, the qualifier.
1: The Pan Am qualifier, uh, is, uh, um, you know, b- before the trials this year, I think.
0: So, which is uh, absolutely
1: a month.
2: A month. Uh,
0: that sucks.
2: That sucks for a guy that has to go
0: to the Pan Am to qualify.
2: Well, let me get confirmation on that, but keep going.
0: No, but I'm just saying that sucks because, you know what, the training cycle is two to three months to get ready and peak. You know, if you if you got one month, if you go to the Pan Am it's the end of February, or end of, uh, middle of, uh, middle of March. And then one month later, you've got the freaking, uh, Olympic trials. So you go to the Pan Ams, you got nationals in December, then you gotta get ready for the Pan Ams in March, and then four weeks later, you get two, three days to rest and recover after you get back, and then you gotta train for three weeks and get ready for the finals it,
2: it it's stressful. I mean, if you if if you look back
0: at all the guys that have wrestled in Pan Ams and come back and wrestle in trials. I'd say it's about 50% of the guys that that uh, are number one make the team. You know, that's that's not putting your best, best athlete in a good situation.
2: Okay. And I'm not saying USA Wrestling can do anything
0: about it, but, you know,
1: it, it's just tough. Well, that's, yeah, but here's the thing, though. There's, I don't understand, well, maybe if we were a country that you know boasted enormous depth, it would be a different conversation, but in this case, don't you I mean, no I not be a different conversation, you, well, yeah,
0: yeah, you go with your number ones, but even the, the depth doesn't matter it's still it's still tough on the number one man
1: I understand that
0: but I mean with choices, with so sixteen saying. yeah with sixteen qualifier you know entries in the Olympic Games, man. You know, that that's what's killing it killing uh you know, making it that that much tougher.
2: You know? I mean shit in a lot of those weight classes, you got sixteen guys that could win an Olympic gold medal.
1: Uh, that'll mean. twenty twenty, yeah.
0: It does it doesn't leave much room for air. So I mean, you know, you gotta be able to handle pressure.
1: Just to uh Confirm that the Pan Ams are, that's right, Ottawa, if you remember. That'll be in March 6th through 9th. I don't know what day. Graduated. Okay. I'm not clicking through the whole entire Yeah, year. yeah. Okay, so March 6th through 9th, the Olympic trials, I believe, are April 20th or 21st. Yeah, so it's about five weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
0: Seems well, terrible, but not ideal, put it that way.
1: First and foremost, I'm going at this with a positive attitude. I mean, I, I just am. I, I I like to do that. I like to see the best in these things, and I don't know. I as a fan, as a fan of the sport, I am really looking forward to that. As I've mentioned to you about a million times, I'm really looking forward to that last chance. World qualifier, that last one, because I think that'll be the hardest tournament of the last twenty years, if anything. I think that'll be incredibly crazy. But uh, I, I don't, I don't. It's hard because I have to somehow or another explain these things to the audience in a literary format.
2: And it's not. I mean, only- the problem, the problem, the problem with the way you're
0: qualifying and the way the whole system set up. I'm gonna go back I'm gonna stop it before we get going on this. Well this is and what I want you
1: to do. I want you to go exactly. over Exactly. I'm
0: this. gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over what I see as a problem. You know what? When when you have guys that are world medalists that don't get to wrestle back because they had a bad match against somebody and then that guy loses to the guy that makes it to the finals and they're out of the tournament. I have a problem. The, the true wrestlebacks in a year like this would be absolutely critical to getting the right guys in the Olympic Games.
1: So what you are saying is that in terms of the qualifying tournaments, and we could even go so far as to include the World Championships, obviously. It, the World Championships should be included. Okay, so you're saying a wrestleback system rather than a rep-a-charge. Yeah, rather than the
0: bullshit they got right now.
1: Well, I mean that just goes for that just goes to reppa charge period. I mean, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, I mean everybody knows that it's uh, it's. uh I mean,
2: look if we. Get... I mean, if you if you end up with the guy that wins it or takes up, then you're to it, you got a chance at a battle. Exactly. I mean,
0: and there's a lot of guys that you know. Don't freaking get a chance at a medal, that
2: Our world medalists,
0: I mean, that that are world champs, that that get bumped out because they had one bad match.
1: Right, that's why you got to go yeah, back to I, pulling it. You got to go back to pulling
0: it out, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I I don't like the way the system is. I I think it's dumb the way they do it. Um, makes no sense to me, you know. But who the hell am I? Doesn't matter. But we got to deal with what we got to deal with, and we got to get guys as tough as we can, and, and, uh, you know, get these guys ready for the Olympics, you know, and get them, get them qualified.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is that, like, look, I'm not a big, I'm not a proponent of rep charge as it is. And by the way, I pronounce it rep a charge. Charge, I don't care. I'm not pronouncing it in some delicate foreign way. I'm just not. I can't make my mouth do it. But, If we get six guys in Kazakhstan and all six guys in the, let's say, round of 16 or quarterfinal or whatever it is, they they go ahead and they drop matches to, you know, eventual finalists and they all – uh, gets spit spit into the reper charge round, but yet they all manage to qualify. I won't complain about the system at all. Like, of course I would not. Like, if that's how it happens, I, however it has to happen. I don't care how it. Yeah. Happens. I don't care yeah. if some if if uh thirty two guys wind up testing positive. Okay. Like, <laughs> however, it's got to happen. I, that's all I care about is qualifying. Yeah. And it's strange because with five point. With five point going into, going into Rio, going into Paris, and obviously last year going into Budapest, I get a bunch of texts, I get a bunch of emails and things like that. And it's like, hey, how many medals do you think we're going to get? How many medals do you think we're going to get? And usually my answer is always the, the same. You know, it's always like, uh, well, in 17 or 16, it was okay. Well, we could either get six medals or zero medals going into 17. We can get eight medals or no medals going into last year yeah. you're gonna get 10 medals or no medals i don't i don't i, I, I never give an answer for that kind of thing because it's just it's such a crap shoot but when it comes to depends this, on who shows up well it depends on show, who shows up but more than that exactly. I even, i'm not even i i hate to say this because it's going to come out probably the wrong way but like personally even even to a certain extent optically I'm not worried. I, 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 Medals would be absolutely fantastic, and nobody would celebrate them on planet Earth more than me. At the same time, it's I, – i I'm just thinking about qualifying. Just qualifying. Yeah. That's it. Like just, okay. However that happens, I, I don't care. And, um, you know, a lot of people uh, are very pumped up because they think this is the uh, – right group they think a lot of people are pumped up period because of the 10 guys not just the six olympic weights which is where i kind of want to pivot to next with you and that is team chemistry if such a thing matters you've been on a 100 teams uh you've had a a lot of uh friends and you know uh, training partners who have gone through these uh world processes with and All of that stuff with this particular group (coughs) – excuse me – with this particular group, you have a lot of relationships, pre-existing relationships. You've got the four army guys from 55 through 67. You've got uh, two marines at 72 and 82 respectively. You have – you just have a ton of guys who have really good – I would venture to say better than good friendships. I would.
2: Yeah. And,
1: uh, yeah. In in my mind Max Nowry is the linchpin to the team if only because he's got really close relationships with his army teammates. He's also uh, close with uh, Joe Joe at 87 and Max is also you know one of the you know one of the funniest dudes to be around and everything else. Yeah, for sure. And the he's Marine, a clown. He's a clown yes in a good way but yes he's a yeah guy. for sure yeah no i mean he's the prince of the knuckleheads but then you have the two marines uh ray bunker and john stefano which the marines do everything right they just do everything right they just they do i uh, there's no other way to say Hard say guys hard-nosed yeah. guys they can they conduct themselves with you know uh, equal uh, intensity and class on and off the mat. They are just fantastic, yeah. and that's because their coach is the best coach in the country right now, and I don't apologize to anybody for saying that. And so, my question to you after this long preamble is when it comes to preparing for a world tournament, competing at a world tournament, the traveling, the, the grind, the emotional roller coasters that have a tendency to accompany these experiences does team chemistry matter a lot
0: of course it does i mean everybody's gonna feel like shit at some point in
2: in a world team training camp
0: you know what as a leader as a teammate a good teammate you're gonna pick the guy up that just got his ass kicked and had a bad practice you know and i think the biggest thing that these guys gotta do is is carry each other you know, when somebody's down, you know, pat them on the back and pull them up, and and tell them, you know what, get it next practice. You know, and I I think the big thing is, you know, when I was coming through, we had we had pretty good team chem- chemistry, like you're talking about, and I think that is huge. I mean, I I think all the guys that made the team this year are are ready to go and and battle to try and uh, um, qualify the weights. I think. You know, it's going to be, it's a good team. The, the team that, uh, ended up falling into place this year is a good team. I, I think the guys are all hard workers. I think, uh, we don't have any prima donnas on it. Um, I think the guys are willing to do the work and, and that's the key to performing at the world championships. Like I was saying, I, you know, uh, when I, when I was training, you know, back in the nineties and, 2000 early 2000s. If you miss practices, they they threaten to fine you a portion of your salary, you know, which wasn't much. So I I think right now we got guys that that are able to withstand the grind of the training and and that's that's a big thing. I mean when when you're taking practices off because you you're beat up or whatever. You know what? In the back of your mind, you know that you didn't do everything you needed to do. You know, hey, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting in too deep right now, but I think I think the guys that are on the team right now know what's at stake, and I think the coaching staff is going to make sure they know what's at stake. And you know, with qualifying weight class, and, and it's going to push guys harder. And I think right now the guys got to expect to have a have a tough-ass camp and, and, you know, be pushed harder than they've ever been pushed before because if you ain't pushing them, they ain't going to be ready. Because trust me, every other country's busting their guys' balls every single day right now, getting them ready to uh, try and qualify. I mean,
2: it's a different animal the year of the Olympics or the year before the Olympics. The world championships are that much tougher.
1: Well, you know what I think is interesting is that is that the is I I, I don't know if it's, it's it's you know it's a it's a well it's a two day tournament nowadays, but no. so much comes down to that you know especially that I mean the, the the day one is the I mean that's what decides everything is day one and I think it's interesting because I think of the the process itself and like Max Nowry before he wrestled at the, the nationals, he, I, he was banged up coming out of uh Pan Ams and everything else because the Pan Ams were a week before him, whatever. And he, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, you probably know all this. anyway Yep. Um, he didn't feel right.
2: I remember talking
0: to him at nationals. He, he wasn't feeling good. Yep.
1: He wasn't correct all the way, and he had a tougher match than he probably should have in the uh, quarterfinal and everything else and whatever. It's not the point. And yeah. he said something that, like, I, I hadn't heard an athlete uh, really speak to uh, so much. But he said that before the <sighs> the final that Spencer told him, look, like, it, it doesn't matter how you feel. You still have to go out and perform because when, if, when you get to the world's you might feel like crap on the day of the world and it's still not going to matter. Like you, you have to like get through it.
0: Yeah. One shot. Exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. And like, you know, look at this as practice or that in case you feel like shit at the worlds. And yeah. I, I haven't heard of really quite like that because you know, some, you know, I mean, ultimately as, as a, as an athlete, especially not that I can relate to it, but I mean, as an athlete at the highest reaches of a sport, you know, there's gotta be days where it's just not your day. that's just part of life yeah. in general. but when it comes to the uh importance uh associated with the world championships and you wake up and you know you gotta remember now they have to weigh in that day as well and you know you don't feel correct, you don't feel like yourself' so maybe you're nicked up, dinged up, banged up, and everything else and it's like man. That just doesn't matter today. To be able to have that is such a, that's, I mean, look, I don't know. I'm going to go, I always go ahead and assume all the foreigners have that inside them. But that is a a, a huge mental edge to have, I would think.
0: Yeah, definitely. These these guys got to understand that you're never at 100% when you're competing at a world championships or Olympics. There's always something that's a little messed up. You know, the bottom line is, are, are you willing to just throw everything at the guy in front of you? You know, and, and that's what these guys got to prepare themselves for. And that's why you beat the hell out of them at training camp. You know, I, I'm not saying you, you over them, but you put them in an uncomfortable situation so so they feel that, and it's not uh, abnormal when they feel it at the World Championships. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in matches at, at the world team training camps where we do practice matches and they would screw you left and right, you know, putting you down, you know, calling points, not points, giving the other guy points, and just trying to rattle you so you wanted to punch somebody and lose it, you know?
2: And they did that because they knew what was going to happen at the world championships. Damn. That's, that's. I mean, that's it's, great. it's great stuff, but that sucks. Yeah, it did suck. I wanted to kill people, you know. But reality is, is it helped me keep my focus? It's, you know, plus plus, you know, those guys, the, your training partners are doing one match,
0: and and you're doing three matches that day,
2: you know. So everybody's
0: flush your face, and you know. So they put you in uncomfortable situations, and I think, you know, late, you know, I think the guys got to understand that's the way you overcome adversity. You know, these guys got to get tougher
2: that way and just expect it.
1: The yeah, I don't know. The this this is just uh, coming with a lot of things attached to it. You know, with. This current group, this current generation, and
2: yeah, you know, uh,
0: well, don't tell me about the current generation. You know what? If they're trying to win an Olympic or World medal, they need to suck it up. You know, and I, the guys are capable of doing it. You know, everybody that's on the team has has the capability of winning medals. They just got they got to figure it out, and they got to be willing to go through all the suck. <laughs>
1: No, I, I, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I, I mean, I, I I just... I mean, if they're the best we got, that's what we got, man.
2: Now let's move forward and go get medals.
1: I hope you're right, yeah. I, I, I hope you're right. I'm very excited for this group. I'm very confident in this group. They're a bunch of great guys, a bunch of fantastic athletes. I hope that this is uh, a big, big summer and big... Uh, September rather for them, uh, all ten of them. I mean, I, I know that I I went off, got tangential on the qualifying, but I mean, look, this isn't imp- this is a, just as important to the non Olympic weights in its own way because those guys are going to have to shift direction as soon as the worlds are over. Oh, you know, exactly. Yeah. And that was something. See, that was something that I brought up with. Uh, drendel coming out of uh, the last Williams Baptist report, which I'm about to light that thing on fire in a second. But um, yeah, is uh, is this is that you have the the non Olympic weights? What's the the non the other non Olympic weights like sixty three and seventy two and eighty two? <laughs> Those are fairly kind of, I think, easier to decipher in their own way because you figure that 67 is going to pretty much absorb 80% of 63. You figure that 77 is going to absorb most of 72, and you have to figure that 87 is going to probably absorb most of uh, 82, I would think. But I mean, we'll see how that all turns out, but that's not the point. The point is, is 55 kilos and this isn't even like some kind of just like, I don't want to just harp on the, the shrimps tonight, but when it comes to 55, it's like you, ha- we have a pretty good group of young guys at 55 who are, you know, who are legitimate 55s. They're not suffering yeah. to make 55. They're not yeah. walking around at 65 kilos or something crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Is that sure? You know, sure. They're all going to go sixty, and they're all going to put their best foot feet forward, and all of that stuff. But the thing is, is that the non Olympic weight classes still exist in in a way because for a lot of the fifty fives, especially, they are U twenty three guys, which you would think fifty five will still be around uh, for a trial at U twenty three, and. Yeah. We also don't know. I, I I haven't heard yet definitively one way or the other, despite having a couple of conversations to this effect. But is there going to be another non-Olympic weight world? And if, I mean, you would think that there probably would be. And if there is, do guys who have, and I, I don't mean to project here, but if there are guys who they are convinced that, look, I'm I'm getting good. I'm pretty good. I'm not going to make the Olympic team. OK, do these guys who are ultimate tweeners just go ahead and be like, OK, well, look, this is my weight. I don't want to kind of screw with it so badly because I'm only 21 years old and I have a chance to make the U23 team. I'm probably going to get eaten alive by the experienced seniors at this weight. I'll still go and try to qualify for the Olympic trials and everything else. But I don't, ultimately, I don't want to screw with my weight too bad. I don't want to put on too much. I don't want to lose too much, whatever the case may be. Where do you fall on that kind of concept?
0: I think you get as big as you can and you go try and win the damn weight class and qualify or <laughs> qualify for the Olympics. <laughs> I mean, why, why the hell else would... I mean, that blows my mind that that's even a question.
1: Uh, well, Listen, I'm just being a pragmatist.
0: I know, but I'm just saying, I know people are thinking that way. That's what's stupid.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking that way for sure. <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, that, that, it's like, well, the Olympic is the thing that you're shooting for. I mean, I, I got one of those guys right now with uh, Brady Coons. You know, I mean, you can get as big as you can as soon as you E23 stuff's over and freaking see what you can do at 60. You know, I, it, I'm telling them, you know what? If you don't expect to make the team,
2: why even go to? The, why even? Why even train? You know, it's, I don't get it, dude.
1: Okay, well, look, it, I had to float it out there. It's been on my mind. I figured you were uh, going to be equipped to uh, discuss it. You were. I, I look. Yeah. I get. I. I knew. I. I had an. I had a feeling that this was going to be the wavelength that you rode on. But I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> Look, I'm just being... Uh, I'm just yeah,
2: but I, I mean, if it, it's, it's the guys are... Yeah, if the guy
0: is serious about wrestling in the Olympic Games, why won't you put your best effort forth? You don't want it. You get beat. You get beat. You're small. Who cares? But get it. Try and give yourself a chance to make the team. That's my whole point. Don't fucking have...
2: Sorry. It's, it's
0: too late. Don't have... Hum- exactly. Don't have a built-in excuse. That—that's what that is. That's bullshit. Okay. It's a built-in excuse of why you can't make the team. No, bust your butt as hard as you can. Do everything
2: possible. And if you don't make it, you don't make it. But don't have a built-in excuse. That's part of the problem. Go on with this part of the problem. Yeah. And part of the problem is guys want to have excuses.
0: No, don't have an excuse because then you ain't going to train as hard. If you think of it as an opportunity instead of a a, a reason why you can't make it, you're going to train as you're going to train that much harder.
2: Every every practice is going to count more because you believe that you can do it. Okay,
1: I look. I yep. Um, I don't have anything else to offer on that front. Um, uh, final segment, final segue is the situation at Williams Baptist University. I would really love to, really love to hear what you have to say about this, and that is the situation with Williams Baptist. Okay, so for. For listeners, members of the audience who may be unaware, so the situation, Williams Baptist, Williams Baptist College in 2016, it's a re- school in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. Former national team member, Northern Michigan alum Kerry uh, Regner was the NAIA, <laughs> NAIA folk style coach. He also wanted to institute a Greco-Roman program. He went and did so, and it's a private school with uh, in its private enrollment driven school and the school opened its mind opened its doors to a greco program and in late december i think 2016 or probably a little bit before then is uh they tabbed jonathan Drendel to be the head coach jonathan Drendel was officially announced in january of 2017 and what we've had are two full seasons of williams baptist which wound up becoming a university Williams Baptist university, having a Greco Roman program with several promising athletes who came in with very little experience, if any, and Drendel's a fantastic young coach did an absolutely wonderful job, especially with, uh, you know, it's weird because you know, you know, Drendel and you know that he, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a soft spoken man of God, who uh, is a salt of the earth human, just an uh, an excellent person to know, a fantastic person to know, yeah. and but he instilled a, you know, a, a crazy mindset into these guys, pushed them to the you know the brink of hell practically, and they were all pr- they all tough, they're all motivated guys, but Drendel, who I just got done mentioning, is a man of God and he's a pastor and everything else and he had he had made the decision to leave the program and take on a uh take on like a like i'm doing a press release here and and he went he went and decided to uh enter seminary uh in uh kansas city missouri uh i don't remember the name of it offhand um not the point the point is is that What is happening at Williams Baptist is they are not replacing Jonathan Drendel with a Greco-Roman head coach. Instead, the NAIA coach who is in place now after Kerry Regner left for Millersville University is a man named Todd Allen, and Todd Allen is going to oversee both the – leg-grabbing program and the Greco-Roman program, and Todd Allen, God bless him, does not have any Greco-Roman experience to speak of. I will have Todd Allen on the record next week, and I will you know, conduct, a, conduct an interview with him so we can learn more about what his plans are and if he has any kind of creative solutions. Williams Baptist is budgeted. One of the things that makes Williams Baptist an attractive place to go if you are a Greco-Roman athlete who wants to forego traditional college and wrestle Greco through your collegiate educational career is that the, the school's program is budgeted for all of the domestic events. So if you want to go, even the pseudo domestic international events, such as, you know, the NYAC open and um, Dave Schultz. So if you go to Williams, those, those tournaments along with the nationals, the trials and everything else, they are all budgeted. You get to, you go to Williams, you're, those expenses are paid for. And that's another awesome thing about Williams. However, the news that Todd Allen is taking over the program obviously concerns a lot of people in the Greco-Roman community and perhaps rightfully so when you learn that a Greco-Roman coach has left a program and he is being replaced by a guy who never did Greco-Roman or at the very least is certainly not any kind of Greco-Roman expert. People's eyes tend to widen. Um, you are, of course, familiar with this situation. I don't know what positives you see. Potentially, we have to give Todd Allen his uh, his time in the sun to talk about this. We we need to hear what he has to say. But what do you have to say, considering Williams Baptist's Williams Baptist's influence in just two and a half years on United States Greco as the first private college to uh, have a program?
0: You know, the, the thing I worry about is, um, you know, a guy doing coaching both styles right away. You know, that 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 puts up kind of a red flag. And I'm not saying it's impossible to do, but, you know, either the college program or the rec program is going to suffer a little bit because it's just it's too much for one guy. Um, I think, uh, you know, I I don't know. Um, if Todd's got much experience in, in, you know, training people for Greco, that's, that's the second thing that I'd worry about. Um, you know, do I think it's possible that he could pull it off and do a good job? Yeah. But he's going to, if he doesn't have much experience, he's going to get a, have to get around people that can help teach him and, and help, uh, put him through you know, go through a whole year's training cycle and map it out for him and, and kind of, you know, just mentor him, you know, and, and that's a, that's a tough thing. There ain't a ton of guys that, that coach Greco full time in the United States just because we don't have full time programs. So, um, you know, he, he's got a big challenge ahead of him. Uh, You know, I know there's a lot of guys you can reach out to, including myself. If he does, you know, if he asks questions, I'd I'd be more than happy to sit down, maybe go down there and help him for three, four days, whatever, map stuff out. But, you know, with, with that being said, you know, we don't want to lose a program like that because if we could get 10 to 20 more of those types of programs throughout the country, we're getting more depth. So that's what concerns me is I don't want that program to fold because he doesn't have the support he needs to to
1: help it keep going. First off, that's that's perfectly said. And that's something that uh, I haven't heard yet. And most of what I've heard from others when they learned this news was just kind of disappointment. And, well, what's that, what's that going to mean? How is he going to teach them? I haven't had somebody say to me yet, well, instead of looking at it that way, let's look at trying to support him in any way we can, and answer any questions he has, and show him anything he needs to know, and so on and so forth. So, I
0: commend you. I mean, I, I mean, I, I definitely am. You know, I'm, I will do whatever I can to help him. if he reaches out to me, and you know, I, I think it's important for the enrollment to have programs like that. That, I mean, I'm. on board with what he's doing. If if he needs help, we need to get behind him, and
1: all the Greco guys need to help him out. Well, my only fear, my fear isn't for the program, right now anyway. My fear isn't for the program because the assistant athletic director said on the record essentially that Todd Allen is not an interim coach. He is the coach, and the Greco program is carrying the same – I'm paraphrasing here, carrying the same level of priority as it did when Drendel was in place. So at least yeah. for the interim, that's encouraging and relieving. What my problem is, is the recruiting. And, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it. you, you got to
0: be doing two jobs at once. And you know as well as I do.
1: He's got to be doing uh, four jobs coaching. at once, Hall, because yeah. he has to recruit for two programs.
2: No, I, I get it.
1: Hundred percent. I I just hope this turns out well, and I I can't, yeah. I can't wait to talk to him. Honestly,
0: I can't. Yeah, no, I mean it'd be good to have him on the podcast.
1: That that you know what, even after talking to him on the record and likely producing uh you know the better part of fifteen hundred words of content, we can still do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we are wrapping this episode on.
0: July I just want to say something.
1: Okay, well, you just go ahead. And yeah, step just on make my sure uh, long. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, just keep all your fingers tomorrow, you know. <laughs> Everybody have a safe four.
1: Do you remember a couple, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I think it was four years ago, when Jason Pierre-Paul blew up his uh... blew up his uh... What it was right? Right hand. He lost like three fingers. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
2: Kind of yeah. 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 Uh,
1: club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Giants fan, so that was uh, at the time <coughs> utterly devastating. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Right. That we. Yes. Like. Okay. Like Hall says. Uh, hey. You. Do you know this? Oh, wait. Wait. Are, are fireworks illegal? Are they legal in Wisconsin? I. We have
0: fireworks and we sell them, but you got to get the good stuff out of state.
1: Okay. Yeah. See, that's what it's a similar situation. In New Jersey, in New Jersey, they were outlawed forever. And then, yeah. and what everybody used to do is they would go across the border to Pennsylvania. Well, exactly. I, lived, I lived nine miles uh, outside of Manhattan. So well yeah. what people in my uh, neighborhood would do is they would drive to Chinatown and then they'd come back with a chunk full of, you know, whatever. <laughs> exactly. But like yep. now they've legalized to a certain extent fireworks in New Jersey. You can buy them at, you know, pretty much anywhere. I uh-huh. think, I mean, maybe not anywhere. I, I, I don't know. I don't have an interest in fireworks. I couldn't begin to care less. But, you know, I remember we were out shopping a couple of weeks ago and I saw them and I was like, oh, that's right. Like, you know, I forgot. But um, what I want to ask you is, do you. Like, do you make this, is like this, and I, I'm not questioning your patriotism, I'm not trying to even get into that, but like, is this like some kind of major chill holiday for you, especially in, the, you know, where you live now within the the woods or whatever it is?
0: Yeah, I mean, usually some people come over we we uh, light off some fireworks, we kind of stupid, have some fun, and just kind of enjoy a nice day together with with uh, family and friends. I mean, you know, and, you know, realizing why we're celebrating it. And, and to me, you know what, there ain't a better country on the earth right now. You know, I I know we got problems with it within our country, but you know what, it's, uh, I've been, uh, I think, close to 30 different countries. And I'll tell you
1: one thing, I wouldn't want to live
0: anywhere else. So got to enjoy our freedoms that we have.
1: Fair enough. I think we should just wrap it right then and there. Uh, You know what? Uh, Why don't you just stay around for the closing because it's been a long time since you've stayed around for the closing. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Don't don't even give up
0: my Twitter info. Just kidding.
1: Uh, I I, I, I do. I I do. I know. I know. Exactly. Yes.
0: I got to get better at that, man.
1: No, 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 no. First off, like, you're. uh, Get better. I'm a caveman. Dude, wait a minute. I wouldn't say get better, because you haven't even set a bar yet to improve on. Just <laughs> doing something. Like, just okay. doing anything. By, like the, ju- by the next podcast, I'll try and do a tweet. Just one. Just one. No, yeah. you do, do just one. Like, you see, but you, you don't understand. Look, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to... Look, it, oh, personally, I'm not sure whether or not if social media is is not poison to society i think it probably is but yeah. in this case see the reason why i want you to use twitter the reason why i do okay is just yeah. because there's a lot of wrestling discourse that takes place on twitter and for you if you got involved just a little bit it does two things first off it provides enormous educational value to, to outsiders first off Second of all, anything you have to say comes with a mic drop because nobody's going to argue with you. You know, who's going to, nobody's going to argue Greco shit with you. Like, what are they going to say? Like, I mean, I'm not saying, dude, you don't even have the time. Honestly, you don't even have the time in your life to spend enough of it on Twitter anyway. But like once in a while, like if. You know, like if I pop something to you, like, Hall, oh, they're talking about this on Twitter right now. Like, can you say some shit about it? I right? will. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll work on that. that? You got to show me that. Oh my you gosh, teach me. dude. It's like there's literally 12 year olds who are experts at this. You understand this, right?
0: Yeah, well, they, they grew up on that stuff. I can't.
1: If you can open and send email, you can use Twitter twitter it's been around for over a decade now i hear you you yes man anyway okay so yes that is a wrap this was you know what this was the first non-guest episode we've had in a long ass time i don't even remember the last i mean it might have been like our first episode ever i think yeah episode was just no, no, that's right. I did one episode. Oh, my gosh. I did that one episode um, solo prior to the mini tournament, prior to Raleigh. That was that was not the easiest 40 minutes of my life. Um, okay, so here we are. Yes, episode 25. That's a wrap. Social media. Okay, you just heard him say it. If you would like to, for some reason... And he says he's going to give it a shot. If you would like to follow Dennis Hall on Twitter, you can at Dennis Hall, W, G, W. And as always, for USA Greco-Roman News and Athlete Perspectives, go to fivepointmove.com and follow along on Twitter at five, the number five, PT Move. That's it for episode 25, everybody. Have a fun, safe, happy, like Hall, patriotic Budweiser commercial fourth of july weekend and we'll see you soon